Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This episode of On Deck with Stancy is brought to you by Podmetrics. Whether you're a rookie at podcasting or a veteran or a super expert or somebody who's just doing it for fun since we have a little bit more extra time now that we're all stuck at home, you can actually use Podmetrics to know so much more about your show and who you're able to reach. You can get information like who's listening, where they are, what their profiles are like, even their listening habits. Podmetrics can take care of all of that and more so you can focus on creating better content. You can even integrate Podmetrics with Facebook and YouTube so you can get more data from your live streams. So if you're a podcaster or you want to start your own podcast, go check out podmetrics.co. Once again, that is podmetrics.co and sign up for free. So whether you've got hundreds of episodes under your belt or you're trying to figure out how to get from episode 1 to episodes 2, 3, 4, 100, 150, and beyond, Podmetrics can help you get to know your show and your listeners that much better. You can check it out today and sign up at podmetrics.co. Once again, that's podmetrics.co. And you can use my referral code on deck. That's O-N-D-E-C-K, just one word. And you can get a head start into the wonderful world of Podmetrics. You're listening to On Deck with Stan C. If you're finding this for the first time, this podcast is about radio personalities and the stories behind the people behind the mics. It's been kind of weird and trippy in a bad way since Metro Manila went back to modified ECQ on August 4. And how that's affected me personally is we haven't really been doing radio shows since then. Reason being... With less people, less technicians at the station, there really isn't anybody who can man the remote broadcasts that we used to do. So it kind of sucks because that means that we all have to take a bit of a hit on the paycheck side of things. And productivity-wise, it kind of took me out of my momentum because without radio, there isn't really anything steady or anything regular that I can look forward to every day. So that's kind of what motivated me to keep doing this podcast and looking for guests to talk to, to reignite my passion and love for radio, especially at a time when I can't do it, even via remote broadcasts. So for this episode, I'm really happy that I get to talk to somebody who's from my generation, one of the first from our batch or from our generation of radio DJs to make it to the office, to be in the administrative side and to uh, become a music director. His name is Mig Santelian, and you may know him best as being one of the most sought-after club DJs here in Metro Manila. And you may have also heard of him through Magic 89.9's Friday Madness shows, where he really made a name for himself over the last 7-8 years. We've got a lot of fun stories from 
him starting out in the junior jock program to him being in Shakey's live radio, which is where we met a few years ago, to him just really absorbing the music and starting out as a magic junior jock to becoming a club DJ and eventually a wedding DJ and finding a way to make money out of the things you really love. Santi also has a very unique take on radio as an industry and his appreciation for the craft and the music in itself, and I'm really happy to share this with you. So without further ado, Mig Santillan is on deck. This week's episode of On Deck features another one of my friends from the industry, but this time I'm gonna go deep into the pool of my generation. When I say my generation, literally somebody who's in the same age range, who started in the industry right around the same time as I did, and who's lasted right around as long as I have so far. Uh, he's somebody who introduced me to the world of restaurant radio, which we'll talk about in a bit. <laughs> Ooh, More importantly, you know him by now as one of the most sought-after club DJs in Metro Manila and as the music director of Magic 89.9, my friend Mig Santillan. How's it going, bud? What's up, bud? Well, things are going good in my end. I mean, just making the most out of this uh, this weird time in our lives right now. Man, restaurant radio, I gotta say, that it's been a while since that. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> Um, I, I have to ask first, though, uh, how have you been coping throughout quarantine? Like, what's been keeping you busy aside from the promotion? So congrats, by the way. Thank you. Um, well, mostly it's just been live streaming. Um, I've been doing a, li- a lot of live streaming from uh, both Facebook Live and via Kumu. So, like, at the onset of the pandemic, right? Okay, so it's, let's say, first 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 week of it all. I had no idea what to do. I was just at home sitting on my bed, twiddling, twiddling my thumbs. And I thought, you know what? Might as well go live on Facebook, see how this works out. Um, fast forward, how many months has it been? Four months? And I'm doing five, nearly dude. daily... Five months, see? Okay, my math is bad. But like, it's been uh, nearly daily streams on Kumu, which is a great app, by the way. And it's it's been a way also to like, you know, put my name out there more as a DJ as well and uh, connect with more fans and whatnot. That's basically what's been keeping me busy. Like I've done also a little uh, a little uh, learning on the side. I've started studying Japanese. I'm still bad at it though. Like I can read, but I can't I can't speak for shit. Um, and I have also started working out. So yeah, that's that's basically what's been keeping me busy for the past five months. It's kind of jarring to see you with a full ass beard because I remember when I first met you uh, a few years ago, <laughs> medyo clean shaven ka pa nun. So now, like now I've got the mustache, you've got the full beard, like talong talo ako. Ah, <laughs> oh, believe me, dude, this thing, this like I think when when I introduced you to like restaurant radio to Shaky's Live Radio, I didn't I couldn't grow full beard yet, so. I did some research. I found out there's a little thing called minoxidil that's actually supposed to be for hair regrow, like scalp hair regrow. But apparently, it works for beard growth as well. So I've been using that since 2017, and as you can see, it's it's come in. So you just apply that on the face, talaga. Like you just scrub it on on your cheeks and all that. Yeah, twice daily, and you know, after the first four months, like you could see, like my sideburns are getting longer and whatnot. And well, four years later, and it's still. It's still there, so it's gone and it's gone to full beard. The thing is, I I've always wanted a beard, but my genetics decided, man, we're only gonna give you like a mustache and a and and a little bit of a chin. So I decided, nay, medicine, science, to get over that. <laughs> so, 
Science. Uh, let, Science! Let's, let's talk about the, uh, the the restaurant radio of it all because that's where I, I think that's where we officially met when I applied yeah. for Shaky's Live Radio. Um, that was right after I left Mellow and I was also twiddling my thumbs trying to figure out what to do. And then for some reason, um, I, I forgot who introduced us. I forgot how I heard about Shaky's mm-hmm. Live Radio. But you'd been doing that since you were in college, Diba. So how did you even oh, yeah. become a radio DJ for a restaurant? <laughs> Oh my god, it's a funny story because okay, back when I was in college, like I was a junior jock already for Magic at 9.9. I had been a junior jock since about 2007. So, given that I I had some knowledge on how to on how to board and how to go on air and how to how to work like a radio show, right? So, a friend of mine, Pat Hamlang, he he I think his uh one of his friends was working for Shaky's Live Radio and they were looking for new recruits. And at that time, Shaky's Live Radio had been like on air for what, two years, I think. So yeah. he said, Hey, why not pass your resume? See what happens. And at first I was like, nah, I, I I don't think I I don't think it's gonna be for me. I mean, I'm in college, you know, I still I, I might not have time to work. But he said, Hey, why not pass it anyway? You never know, dude. And he followed up. So that means okay. This is my. This actually might be something, so I try that for it. I get there to the, sh- right. So, like, if well, I got there, and immediately, this is the funny part. I got there at like four p.m. Right, for the interview as as scheduled. So I get introduced to the guy who's in charge of Shaky's Live Radio, and there, uh, the the girl who's also handling the talents for it, and their marketing team. So they ask me a few questions. They they have me talk for with them for a bit, and after about thirty minutes, it was done. And they told me just, just to just wait for just just wait in the waiting room or something. And that same day, they were like, "Oh, can we uh can we have you come into the booth?" I just went, "Okay, sure, why not?" And next thing I know, I'm boarding a full show six to ten on the same day I applied for it. And wow. here's the fun. Right. The funny part is, I had no idea what I was getting myself into because, at that point, I didn't know what their what their uh, purpose was, what their reach was. So the great thing about it is, uh, around the same time, a lot of restaurants, a lot of stores were also doing the same thing in store radio, to to sell their products, make to advertise their products. But what Shakey's did differently was, they wanted to make it live, just so that if there were people dining in they could send in song requests we would get those requests we'd play them out give them shout outs and whatnot and a friend of mine even helped someone propose on shaky's live radio <laughs> wild i don't know man like i don't know how that happened how that worked out but the story was one of the stores had a couple and the guy was about to propose in shaky's so and all right but I mean, if you love pizza, then you do you. But still, uh, so what happened there was the the guy asked the um, the DJ on board. Her name was Diane, to come in and uh, say, "Hey, girl, I forgot the girl's name, but would you be my wife?" And at that moment, he pulls out a ring in the store. All the staff are watching because they're in on this, and they all start cheering and I think uh, confetti and what was was involved and whatnot. And she said yes. So imagine that as a career highlight. But it made it so much more personal to have something like that happen in in-store radio. Because, you know, it's, it's real. It's right there. It's, it's live. And people are interacting with you while you're having a great meal. So it's a thing. How long did you do it for? Oh, boy. Um, 
Wait, let me do the math here because I I got in in I started officially in November of 2012, uh, right before my final semester in college. So 2012, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, about five years. Just I okay. think too too much shy, too much shy of five years. Yeah. Did it pay well? Because like I remember when we were talking about it, when I was about to um, give it a try, you were like, "Oh, mm-hmm. uh, it, it, it's not bad for allowance, but like as a college kid uh, when you started out." Yeah. Well, it pre- you know looking back on it, it paid pretty all right because you didn't like I I would say that it's better than than a lot of other places given the time frame because here you're you do you get paid per show so. Uh, if you did like, let's say, I've done this a few times there, double shift, especially when I was still in college. Like I, I do the morning shift, I do the evening shift. That's a quick two k right there. So Damn. it's 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 not taxed apparently because it's still way below like the tax the tax limit. So I have a friend also who I got in, uh, I got into Shaky's Live Radio. I think after after your time there, and he lived within the area, so. He would do like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, double shift per day. So within a week, he'd make like 10k. Sulit, wow. Right? One tricycle yeah, ride away that, from him. So considering that, I think they they also um paid in GCs. But like I remember you telling me mm-hmm. about that. So that was that was pretty wild. They did, dude. They did. Wow. Like it's crazy. Like the amount of GCs they could give you, enough to feed what? How many families? Like at least, but say it. it their GCs funded at least five pizza nights with my barcada. <laughs> Jeez, that that that's uh, that, that's not a bad gig if you ask me. Let, let's backtrack a bit. Um, I, I want to ask about uh, whether or not you were a radio fan growing up. Like, how um, was this a love affair that began from when you were a kid, or did you just hear something that made you want to get into radio in the first place? Like, how did this all begin for you? Oh man, um, it goes way back actually. Like, okay, my like. Radio itself wasn't really my first love. It was the music. It was really the music. So from the get-go, like let's say, I think around 2003, I was introduced to this game called Grand Theft Auto Vice City. Fantastic soundtrack. Really shaped like my influence in 80s music. <laughs> I see you nodding over there. I know what you, I know you know what I'm talking I, I about. I that game. I know that <laughs> right? game. Dude, love that game. So this influenced me with my taste in music. So I was a big fan of keyboards, synthesizers, and my sister introduced me to Friday Madness on Magic 89.9 because it was all 80s back then. So I fell in love with the music first, like the music selection, the choices, the tracks. And eventually, I start, like my mom asked me, why don't you try joining the Junior Jocks program? This was like a few years later. And given that, I tried it. I tried out. I got in. And I thought, oh, okay, maybe this might be a thing because I'm surrounded by the music I love. I'm surrounded by people who are really, really nice, mind you. And it felt like a conducive environment. But again, the first love wasn't really radio, but it was the music on the radio. So it's only recently like I started looking back again at, uh, at GTA Radio just to get ideas of how, I mean, radio parody, but still it's, it's an idea of how radio used to sound like. And I started getting more ideas from that on how to conduct myself with the music, how to play with the songs and whatnot while on air as well. Not just go, Oh, this is a song, play the song. And it over the course of uh, how many, how many years of being a junior jock, 
I started falling more and more in love as well with the craft that is radio workmanship. So it's still interplayed with uh, with the love of music because I want to see how I can play with talking between songs and the songs themselves, you know, like use lyrics to introduce the song, the song title and stuff like that. Yeah, just, you know, fucking around with the lyrics yes. and, and trying to come up with puns and jokes. Bingo! Your favorite, like, um, right? Uh, like, you, you find a certain song that can just uh, capture the moment before mm-hmm. any word or anything that you can come up with off the top of your head can, can do it. For me, you're perfect. Like, you try to crack a joke and then, bam, the punchline comes with the pagpasok ng music itself. Yes. And I, I say it so crudely, like you fucking around with the music, but that's, that's really <laughs> what it is. Like you're, you're fucking around with your playlist. And I say that with all the reverence in the world for what you do. Um, you mentioned getting into the JJ program in 2007. Ano to, high school, college? What were the auditions I was in high school. Like at the time? Oh man, like, you know, it's, I think it's, it was the first auditions that Magic had had for the Junior Jocks program. In I think either in a while or ever I can't really remember, but it was crazy because I got there, and I was I got there pretty late. Like nowadays we start at like nah, ten or eleven in the morning. At that time, when I got there, I got there at three p.m. So I went there. I got to like I got to the hallway where Magic Station is, and I could just see there was a throng of people just snaking into the station. I was like, oh my goodness, what is this? So I get to the guard and I sign up. Okay, sir, you're one number 195. I'm like, wow. <laughs> oh my goodness. So a lot of people were like, we will find that later on, but imagine waiting in a hot corridor for good, no, good Lord knows how long. So what I did was I actually went home. I made a resume. I came back like after, after four hours. <laughs> <laughs> But after that, they after we got to uh, another waiting room, which is somewhat, a lot nicer, by the way. It was aircon. The scary part was at this time. This is also why the line was so long because all the DJs were on the panel. You get into a boardroom, and it's you in the middle of a table, and you've got like eight to ten DJs on the other side, passing your resume around, looking at you, and listening to. What you sound like, how how you play with the music. That's intimidating as all hell. Dude, heck yeah. I was so scared because the thing is, like I I knew a few of them. CJ, Kelly, Big D. Like I knew them from Friday Madness. So I was kind of comfy. But I think you also had um, King DJ Logan had just stepped out. Uh, Boss Ido, I think, was there. You had, I think, Slick Rick and Tony as well. And you had freaking Mo Twister. So I'm like, oh my goodness. I'm dead. <laughs> so the additions themselves were, they were pretty simple, actually. They ask you a few questions, you know, ask who you are, where you're from, what your school is, and what makes you think that you can be a junior jock. And I, I forgot, I've completely forgotten what I answered. But the one that stood out most to me was there was a music test, but not like now where it's just you answer what this song is and the artist is. No, this is this music test was you had to introduce a song. So uh-huh. imagine you're already thrust into that. And the thing is, at that time, I, I told you a while ago, right? Like I have this huge love affair with 80s music. I knew nothing from the modern playlist at all. As in, I was just ah, like, dude, sobra. As in, when I got there and then they asked me to introduce a song, I was like, oh, shit, I'm dead. <laughs> so... By luck, by sheer luck, 
my sister had introduced me to uh, Gwen Stefani's Sweet Escape like a couple of months before just because she needed it for a project or something. <laughs> it really dates that audition, in. Eh? It does, <laughs> the dude. Sweet Escape was that song from that time. <laughs> That's why I found it so funny when they put the CD in and it started playing Sweet Escape. Outside, I was like, hmm. Oh, that's a great song. It's like, shit, yes, yes, yes. Thank God. Oh, my God. Okay, I can do this. I can do this. Plus, it has a super long intro, right? So, I, I like, I, I forgot, like, how I introduced it. But I think I went, I went something like, um, so, hi, this is uh, Junior Jock um, Miguel. And you are tuned into today's best music on Magic 89. And so, blah, blah, blah. Long intro. So, at the very end, because I've heard so many radio DJs do this, I go, on today's best music, Magic 89, space, point nine, and then the song starts. I did that subconsciously because I've heard so many people yeah, doing that, right? So Mo Twister just goes, slams the table. I'm like, crap, I'm dead. He goes, you got it. I'm like, excuse me, what? That space right there, you have the timing. You have something. I'm like, hello, <laughs> this is new. <laughs> And and that's high praise coming from Mo himself. I know, right? Dude, holy crap. As in when when Mo said that, I was just I was stunned. My mouth is open. I was like, um uh, thank you. Like I was stammering so hard because I was so scared when and the adrenaline rush from when Mo slammed the table was was still in me. So when when he said you got it, you got the timing, I'm like okay, breathe a sigh of relief. <sighs> Do the breathing internally, of course. But <laughs> after that, I was like, okay, yes, thank God. And I got in. Was that it? Like, you need, I know, you need audition process or did you have to go through another round? Because I remember when I went through the auditions, there were like two different rounds, eh? about two different mm-hmm. screenings. So, nung time mo, was it just that? Like, after you went through that entire panel, you know, pasado na. Yeah. That's why, um, you know, looking back at it, I was, since we, yeah, tamaka, we do round two because nowadays, I've been trying very hard to remember and recall like what my round two was like, but I can't remember anything about round two. There's nothing on round two. So I but think at that time, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I think that, well, I think though that I think uh, the next year, that's when they started doing round two because they, they wanted people to less, to be less disheartened after the first like shutdown <laughs> or right. they wanted more people to come in. So, during my time, wala, like, so I remember like, getting the getting a call from CJ while in the middle of a Dota game. And then him going, Hey, uh, is this uh, Miguel Santelli? And I'm like, Yes, hi, who's this? Oh, this is CJ, the DJ from Magic at 9.9. I just want to uh, congratulate you on being part of the current batch of junior. I'm like, Wow. And here's the thing though, I wasn't like, I was a very shy guy growing up, which is really funny like with this now with this industry right so as as i like i'd never told anything like because i was playing with my neighbors right in this internet cafe i didn't i never really told them anything i never told them that i auditioned i never told them what i was doing i i was just like okay i I just had this one saturday where i was missing from from them so uh in the middle of this lotta game i i take a phone call and i'm very quiet i'm like oh Oh, uh, thank you, CJ. Um, all right, bye bye. So subdued for like such good news. Yeah, <laughs> right? 
Like everyone else he called out, they were screaming for joy. I was the only who went, um, okay, uh, I see. Thank you. <laughs> his kid probably thing, doesn't give a shit. Right? Dude, that's what he thought because he called like he's close friends with my sister, and he calls up my sister and goes, uh, kids, is there something wrong with the junior jock program? Because your brother sounded very unenthusiastic. And I had to explain to him after, like, oh, it's because of of circumstances. He was like, oh my god, what the hell, dude? <laughs> so you get into the JJ program, and uh, it's not like you're you're on this uh, new career path, right? And you're a high school student. Do you remember who who was training you, and what was that oh, yeah. like? Was it intimidating because you were in high school, or were you just this wide-eyed kid? Now, oh, look at all these buttons and these controls and all the music. You know, I have to say I was somewhere in between both because you see the board for the first time, right? And you're like, oh, my God, if I fuck up, I fuck up on air, especially during training at that time. It, it wasn't off air. CJ, of all people, was the one training me. And my God, dude, like at that time, I remember in my during my time, uh, since CJ was training everyone, he had, he had the reputation of being the scary one in the program. I can see it. Right? So... His aura, I say, it's it's intimidating, and when he has like when he puts on his very neutral face, it goes. You 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 don't know what to expect from him, so you just you're just there in the corner shaking while he calls you up and goes, "Okay, you're up for training," and you're like, <gasps> "Help!" So I get to the board. Um, I think the only mistake I really made was that I. Because this, we were using. I, I think the first time I went training for training, we were using uh, the board in, well, the console, the panel, in Station Two of Magic, which was this little like thing in Eastwood. So the the board there, the console, the buttons weren't very reactive. They were made of rubber, and you had to press them in. So I'd be pressing and pressing that button, and nothing would happen. Nothing would play. <laughs> That was scared the high hell of that. So we're gonna date ourselves here. We're gonna date ourselves <laughs> and talk about that booth at Eastwood. Because I think I was in high school or early college, and I'd be like, yeah. hey, but my radio booth you magic dito sa Eastwood. So nabutan mo yon. Nabutan ko yun, dude. I was there a lot, especially for before becoming a junior jock. Like I would hang out there all the time because on Fridays they'd broadcast from there, and I'd watch the DJs spinning from nine to twelve like using records and whatnot because i wanted that's what i really wanted to learn what how to like how to do and so, you ended up training there yourself so like that's a full circle moment all on its own right so that eastwood booth oh my goodness the things that happened at the eastwood booth like one of my uh co like my kabach in the junior jocks program she pulled out the cd on air and everyone just went oh yeah, like, why would you do that? Oh, you should have seen CJ's face at that point. Everyone, dude, everyone who was training with him, though, they just all backed up against, like, against the wall of the booth. They were like, <gasps> and she just, like, this girl just went, oh my god! And then everyone's like, uh, and CJ just goes, okay, why did you do that? And he very calmly gets the CD, puts it back in, and restarts the song. And then... <laughs> Everyone was so shell-shocked from that moment. And he just went, okay, guys, that's not what to do. But, you know, he explains it, like, looking at, looking back at it now, he explained it so calmly, okay, this is not what you do on air. But at that moment, everyone just felt like it was the biggest, loudest lecture of their life. You know, because this yeah, is so on air. Cardinal sin, eh? Yeah, and, and you committed dead air. And yeah. that's the biggest cardinal sin. 
exactly. Like at least now, if dead air happens, it's digital, deba. Right? So you can. It's easier to restart a song or at least find out what went wrong. But it's totally like you'd have to wait and flap your gums. Exactly. That's that's actually something that was uh, that was that we were never really trained to do, but we picked up on later in the Junior Jocks program because it's. It's what you have to do. <laughs> if you technical difficulties, you, you, you pop back in there and just continue the program, right? But, right, if it's yeah. just, but at this time, since no one knew what to do, once a CD pops out, that's dead, right? But it, if you pop it back in, you'd have to either wait for the CD to reload the song, or if you're really unlucky, the CD won't load. Yeah, that, that's, uh, that, that's really going to fuck you over. Um, nung JJ program, you, you mentioned calling yourself uh, Junior Jock Miguel when you auditioned. But um, mm-hmm. how long was it from that point to when you started calling yourself Santi and when you started forming your own personality? Like, did that happen over the course of your training or when you got absorbed as a member of the of the roster? It actually happened during my uh, during my training because I started off with Junior Jock Miguel because that's that's a nickname that well I grew up with. So I'm like, okay, why not? But at that time, I think uh, do you remember uh, Little Man Guile? Yes, Miguel. Exactly. Miguel that's why. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly, and that's why I couldn't take Miguel because it was taken. So uh, they went with uh, well, they went with another nickname. I told them that the nickname that was being uh, that I was being called by in in high school was Santi. So they stuck with it. I was like, okay, not bad. All right, at least it's unique. I tried to use it also right. so like my my professional like club DJ name, but it was apparently taken by three other people. So nick, baliktad naman yun. But yeah, I, so that's why when you when you spin at the clubs, mix santilian ka talaga. Yeah, full name na lang. It makes my dad proud naman eh. My they, my son's name's up in lights. My name is up in lights. Yes. But anyway, uh, so with that with the with the name change talaga, like I crafted myself a personality of being that kid who likes the '80s. A lot of people. And I believe, believe me when I say a lot of people did not believe that because they were like, no, nah, this guy is just on on Fridays. You know, he's not the one actually choosing the songs or the music. It's probably whoever the DJ on board is. And then eventually, like, they got, like, I, I did a few solo shows and they were like, oh my God, it's that guy. Talaga. And the energetic, like, like this, this sprightly, talkative personality, fast talking, whatnot, that was crafted over the course of several years because I got more comfortable with the mic. I got more comfortable with it. I got, uh, I got, I, I found my, my space and my place in on air and in magic. So it was years and years of training. Like this, the personality was crafted after I got hired now, but the name had been there ever since. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I think a lot of the questions then from listeners are does this guy really know his music? Mm-hmm. Is he really an 80s lover? I think it also comes with your age, right? Because like, I'm 30, so technically, I haven't your 80s. I'm not sure about, uh, about your exact age, but I know we're right around the same age range. Yeah. So technically, we didn't really get exposed to all the synth and the new wave and the hair metal and all that. Uh, mm-hmm. But I have a deep appreciation for the new wave myself, for, for new wave as a genre myself. So nice. people don't get it. Like, why are you into power ballads, or why are you into <laughs> into heart, or or Chicago? And like, well, it's just fun. It's just good shit, you know. Very true. Actually, I'm 29. So tamaka when you say we're around the same age range, <laughs> but it it comes with that because you know you're right. Also, people 
think, okay, just because you didn't grow up with the music, you don't know anything about it. Well, I'd see where they're coming from, obviously, because you weren't there to experience what it was like. Even nowadays, when I talk to some club DJs, they do st- they do tell me that I should have been there. You should have I should have seen it, especially when uh, the '90s tech rave, uh, techno house and rave music came in, because it was a different time. Oh, before ozone happened. Before ozone happened, actually. Right before Sorry, Ozone that happened. That was a dark-ass like, joke. I know. Oh, my God. <laughs> but that's a dark-ass joke. <laughs> um, oh, my gosh. Like, dude, like, I, I remember. I think someone someone made a song about Ozone Disco, and then it got submitted. I was like, no, nah, dude, I can't play this. This is so dark, dude. But, like, it was before that. Like, before Ozone Disco happened. So, like, I'd say mga 91, 92, you'd have, like, your black box and CNC Music Factory just lighting up the, the clubs. And... People were telling me that, oh my goodness, Sansi should have been there to see all of that. But the thing is, the appreciation is another factor because if you don't really appreciate the history, the knowledge of the music, that's where the divide happens. Because you can like 80s, like for example, you can like 80s music, even if you weren't around during the time. But to to, to know the music that became popular, to know how the music affected people, how it ran with people... It's a different thing altogether. And that's something I actually had to learn over the course of being a party and club and wedding DJ therein because you can't always get this on air. Right, right. And and sometimes a lot of the history, um, it, it's so layered and there's so much to unpack and you only have like a minute to speak in between songs. Mm-hmm. How, the, how the hell do you inject all of that in, right? But I'm glad that you mentioned uh, you being a, a club DJ, a wedding DJ and all that because I want to get into how that happened. Like, did that happen as you were training to be a junior jock or when you got hired a few years into your, your run in Magic? How did that all happen? Okay, so for the, like, the club DJing part happened a bit earlier, I'd say, because I was doing college parties already. I, I, I'd say that as a well, the club DJ aspect, I had been practicing on how to do that since I think two thousand five or six. I can't really remember, but it happened. The interest was there already. The practice was there already before I became a junior, a junior jock. But during my time as a JJ. I was also practicing, you know, how to mix music, how to string songs together. And it all happened, like it all came came to fruition in college because I started doing uh, college org parties. So, you know, just I volunteered my services. And That's then, when I first heard of you, my friend. That's when I first heard of Mig Santillan, like the college parties in the late 2000s or early 2010s. Are you serious? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I went to UP Ateneo, diba? Yeah. I remember na, what? Uh, you know, your name started showing up in, in the parties that would come across my feed on, you know, early social media. Okay, this is uh, this is a revelation for me because I had no idea that anyone even knew of my name back then. I, I, I mean, I had the posters, but like, oh, that's new. That's nice to hear. Here, here's another story that I'll tell. Um, I remember I was in one of the org rooms in Ateneo. I forgot yeah. who I was hanging out with then, but I'm pretty sure it's my current girlfriend back when we weren't even dating at the time. And yes. then you happened <laughs> to be in the org room. I think you were there, and then somebody pointed you out, and I was like, oh, that's Mig Santillan. So th- this was like 2010, 2011. I think that was what? the first time that I, I encountered you in person. But at the time, I was too shy. To, parang, oh, you know, this is a magic junior jock. I'm not going to go near him. Bakamaya. Uh, we like we, we won't get along. I'll get intimidated. I'll get all flustered and all that. So yeah, 
I have got to say that is so awesome because I think I I know which org because I was in um this org called ASEC for the longest time. They're they're actually the ones who uh, had me for my first college party. I I believe that uh, you're hanging out maybe in Celadon, Amaba. Yes, yes, I was hanging out okay. in the Celadon room. That you got it. Time that there. is. That is it. That's it. That's it. Then <laughs> that's so cool, dude. I had no idea. Whoa, Ooh, this is this is this is wonderful. Like, so we could have met like years before we actually met. I know, right? So, yeah. So, wait, I'm still reading in from all of this. This is like this is infor- this is new information to me. But anyway, so I started like doing these college parties for free just because, and you know, with the good feedback, I just kept going and going and going. Um, fast forward a few more years, and I'm, I've graduated. I'm also working now for Shaky's Live Radio. And CJ asks me if I want to DJ also for a throwback night in Garage 88 in Green Hills. And at this point, I'm good with the 80s, but I know almost nothing about the 90s. I said, I'm a blank. Which is weird because we're technically children of the 90s. Yeah. But at that time, like I knew stuff from the late 90s, but like the, the early to mid blank and i only knew like the super duper top hits like uh sir, like you'd have your aqua there you have your destiny's child you'd have like backstreet boys and whatnot but if you'd ask me to play like for example at that time ask me to play west side to be like what what side <laughs> i knew off tupac but you asked me for california love i'll be like cali what now so it's after after starting off that night like it took a few weeks, but I started slowly expanding my playlist for the 90s, appreciating the early 2000s more also because I was not much of a hip-hop person growing up. So I I went, like, in the 2000s when I started listening to music, I went I went purely on uh, the punk rock and emo stuff and a bit of the pop stuff, like, especially the very... As every kid our age did. Yeah. <laughs> like... Also, to add to that, I had a big appreciation for the Badoi stuff. Hey, no shame, no judgment. Um, exactly. You know, uh, if if anybody could go through my iTunes playlist today, uh, they'll find a lot of stuff that would be very off-brand. Mm-hmm. And all I'll say is guilty pleasure. <laughs> Bakit? Maliba? Is it a crime? Diba? Yeah. Diba? Um, th- those early gigs at Garage 88, were those your uh, first professional gigs talaga, as a club DJ? And if they were, do you remember around how much you were making at the time? At that time, actually, no. Come to think of it, they weren't. Um, but uh, okay, I'll say I'll say the story for after this. Um, I wasn't making very much. I wasn't making very much with Garage Eighty Eight. I think uh, it was eight hundred to a thousand. I think for per night, which is pretty okay. Plus, they had signing, so I was pretty happy to just get a burger every time. They had very good burgers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that wasn't my first um, my first gig. Actually, my first gigs were something else because i i had a night a trivia night actually where it was an 80s trivia night and it was the very first time i had done hosting it's also the first time i was spinning for a club a a bar actually so get this early gigs i had no laptop so what would i do i had to bring my entire pc to the gig jesus christ i'm big at none Has the learning set up more right then and there? Dude, yeah. As in right there. Like I'd have the I have the CPU, I'd have the monitor, the keyboard. Uh I'd even have like what do you call this? The 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 shucks. What do you call these things? It's the it's that box, that regul the power regulator. There we go. Ah, God, forgot the name. Transformer, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. So, I may, would... May pushcart ka? Or like a crate? Dude, may dala kong maleta. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> hey, but anything anything to start off, right? Like, just to get my my DJ career going as well. The so, struggle and the hustle, my friend. Bingo. So, well, my dad, well, after like a month, my, my dad just felt so bad. He bought a laptop for me. But um, anyway, so that was my first ever, 2010. That was my first ever professional paying gig. And I think around 2011 or 12, I also started doing a few gigs in this club called Kiss in Makati Avenue. And at that time, I, yeah, this all learning about the club experience and whatnot. I didn't do research yet on what the club music was supposed to be like or what the hits were. I just thought, okay, I could transform whatever I played for my college party sets into this club, not knowing it was a hip hop club. Oops. So they also got (laughs) me for this special night because no one, apparently no one else could or would do it. I'm not sure. Nigeria night. Okay, so how 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 would that be different? Like my specific genre, basila that oh, you yeah. prefer, or okay, oh what, yeah, dude. What genre would that be, and what Af- type of music or what type of sets would you have for them? Afrobeat, like straight up okay. Afrobeat, right? Interesting. So interesting. This made it. They made it easy on me because they gave me a playlist. There. They gave me a playlist. They actually gave me a USB with the song, so all I had to do was copy it. But it it did open my eyes to like a different form of music, which wouldn't be popular until. Wait, like years and years later, I thought because uh, African music, what is that like? What would that sound like? And when I started playing these songs, eventually I started thinking, holy crap, these are pretty fucking catchy. Like until now, I still remember a few of them and they've got a good beat. Like uh, some of them are done in different languages, so I can't really I can't really quote most of them. But a lot of them would have the lyrics in, well, at least the chorus in English. So it did open my eyes to appreciating different genres, new forms of music, which I did translate off into, you know, my job now. Yeah, I'm sure it really comes in handy as a radio because you have this huge Rolodex of music from all these different eras, these different genres, different places as well. So that really comes in handy. Um, you, you mentioned starting as a junior jock trainee in 2007. Yeah. How long did it take for you to get absorbed and to have your own show and to lose that junior jock tag and just be Santi? I think it took about six years. Because I got I got That's absorbed in it was, dude. It did it, it took me a while. The struggle well, the hustle and the struggle was real. But at the same time, I'm kinda glad because I didn't want my like a career to interfere with my studies. Because I'm not much of a multitasker when it comes to that. So if you give me like if you give me studies, I'll focus on that. So I might not have been able to do anything beyond that work-wise. But it and the thing is also I wasn't really actively pursuing it, if that's a thing. Like I was really focused on education. Yeah, it makes sense. So it's only at the very end of my uh like I think my very last year in college that I I started really trying to create my personality on air and uh, I do a few more shows because I I had become pretty comfy with doing just Friday Madness and I guess you could also say I got complacent with it because I wasn't really improving myself I wasn't I was I was just there I was there to help with the music but I didn't really think of you know trying anything new at that point I I already thought 
you know, I have this. I've got it better than I'd say 90% of the other JJs. I'm good. But not realizing that so many people surpassed me because they had been honing their craft. They'd been creating their image on air. They're, uh, they're modulating how their voice should have sounded like and, you know, just generally holding themselves for radio while I just got complacent. So that's why it took so long. But eventually I got hired in, I think, June of 2013. What was that conversation like? It's kind of funny because it's pretty short. Um, I think I got a call from CJ saying, Sans, we want to try you out. I'm like, okay. So six months. Okay. All right. See you on Friday. That was it. <laughs> so I had to keep doing what I was doing. So we were initially put on the weekends, Muna. So in Friday madness, and then the, what was it? Super hit weekend, tamaba. Actually, I was just put on Friday, Stelica. Like I had one show, and that I think that went on for, I think two two more years. I only got my weekend shows in I think 2015, and that's because I I I volunteered myself at first to take on the weekend slots because I think at that point someone had just dropped out of the roster. So I asked, hey Siege, do you need someone to cover for 6 to 9 p.m. on Sundays because it's black? And he's like, okay, can you? All right. And that's when I started expanding my weekend show. I started doing 6 to 9 p.m. Sundays and 6 to 9 p.m. Fridays. And eventually I also gained 12 to 3 p.m. on Saturdays. I can't remember the circumstances leading up to that, but it's now when I debut new songs on the playlist. Right. So I remember, nga, um, I think, mid-2010s, though, when I would just frequently hear you on the radio pag weekends. Um, did you ever get a weekday shift uh, prior to like becoming the music director? Actually, no, I didn't. Um, I... I actually had a discussion with a friend of mine, Mikey, a few, like, last year about this. And... Mikey Atendido is in the station. Yes, yes, because we have we have like long, long storied conversations off air. As in, we can go for hours annoying everyone in the office because our conversations just get so so random. But uh, we did have we we did ask like how come we were never considered for a weekday and. You know, looking at the weekday roster, it's a pretty solid roster already. So there's no need for there's no real need to try anything new. Plus, I don't think our conversations really line up because with uh with the audience's interest, like the audience interest as well over in Magic. Because most of ours are about online crap, traveling, memes, lots and lots of memes. There's a lot of SpongeBob in those conversations. You fucking <laughs> meme lords. Yeah, dude. No, it gets really stupid because after a while, it's because you know Mikey does voices, so he'll actually start reciting like dialogue. In the character voices. So I'd hear Mr. Krabs and Squidward in one go. And I'm just like, I'm listening to just one guy talking. Which is hilarious, like in a normal setting or when you're having drinks or, you know, um, consuming other substances. But I, I, I can see why Walashang mass appeal, I would say. Yeah. I get it. It's very, I, I get what you're trying to say. It's very so, specific. Would, would yeah. You say na, yeah. Would you say na, that uh, niche humor was what made it un? What made you unable to get a slot on the weekdays? Was that really it? Well, there's that, and also because I would never really, I never really looked for it, because like I like I said before, I'm more comfy with the music. Like it's my first love, Telega. Music is my first love. So if I if I did a weekday show, 
I wouldn't really have much to bring in terms of uh, discussions or topics. I my life is really focused on the music and everything that surrounds it. So, but even things like celebrity gossip, even celebrity musician gossip, I'm pretty much blank on it unless it makes headlines all over the world. So, I I never really pursued looking for a weekday show because I never found any interest in doing a weekday show, I guess. But monitoring like the music every day, that's 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 what I like doing. Just to see that, you know, certain artists are getting are getting played, certain songs are getting a push, especially the new ones, especially the new ones from the uh from the not so big artists yet. So bring you being perspective mo actually. Um, you know, because I've I've talked to different uh DJs from different generations, both current mm-hmm. and former, and there's always that that yearning or that desire to get into a top spot, that desire to be on a weekday show or the sign on program and everything. And yeah. from you, um it's just a very unique take now. No, man, I'm all about the music. And there's that self-awareness now. Ito yung branding ng magic. It's very personality and conversation-based. And that's just not who I am. And the fact that you didn't try to make yourself be around uh, a square peg in a round hole, that's something I can respect. That's something that you know um, is totally admirable. So with that being said, um, how did you end up getting to yung point na they need a music director and they go to Mig Santillan for that. Like, how does that all come together? Well, for the longest time, I was working under CJ Kese. I was working as his uh, second in command. And over the course of time, he also became station manager for Play FM, right? So he had a lot on his plate. And he would ask for my help in choosing the music and uh, for our off the grill segments. So I would start off feeding him songs like new songs that you drop every yes. week. Sorry, I forgot to mention that. Yeah. <laughs> the new songs for the week. So eventually it came to a point where he wouldn't be able to decide like what songs to put in because he was just so tired. He couldn't um he had other things to handle also on the on the admin side. So he just go he'd just go, Megs, can you pick the new songs? Okay. And feedback is they were pretty good. Uh, the the song choices were on point with branding and whatnot. I, I was able to choose like the hit songs talaga. So eventually, I started doing that more and more. I started pushing for other artists for other tracks a bit more, and even recommending yeah, me see should... like which tracks, which artists. Oh boy! Um, of course, you got to go with you the clout also. Uh, let's see, artists that I pushed for included Ella May. <laughs> Okay. Surprisingly, Ella May, uh, uh-huh. Tones and I. I was also pushing for Dance Monkey. Uh, that 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 never got in in the first place. Um, I did not push for Darwin. That was not me. Uh, <laughs> Trying to remember who else. Um, I pushed for Cardi B's. I like that. Which is that weird, was me. Maybe just by then. Eh? Bodak Yellow yeah, had d- come out like a good half year before. I like that. Or I like it. Yeah. So I like it. Sorry. Uh, but the that song in particular, it was taking like I don't know why, but it was taking a while for it to get into the playlist. So I was just like, Siege, this song, this song, you should you should get this song. Ooh, also, um Thief by UK. That was also something I really pushed for before because it had it had club appeal and I could hear that it could also have radio appeal because it's it's not too hard in the ears. I mean it's all saxophone. Um, I- I'm curious then, like, uh, what type of work goes into picking these songs or getting um, 
keeping yourself updated with what's going on. And then since Kayo as Magic, the branding is, you know, we play the hits or we make the mm. hits. So like, how do you pick, okay, this song's going to be a hit or this artist is on the up and up. What's that like in terms of a practical workday? Well, it differs per per artist eh? because you have like your, the big names, obviously, like you have like a big pop artist like Ariana Grande, Taylor Swift, Selena Gomez, Justin Bieber. Obviously, they go in. That's going to be a hit. Even K-pop artists like uh, Blackpink, yeah, go lang. BTS, sure. But with the up-and-coming artists, this is where the, re- the, the brunt of the research comes in. First, do they have the sound we're looking for or the sound at least that I envision for Magic? Somewhat upbeat, somewhat poppy, and it has to have that earworm factor, the recall, the catchiness of the chorus. Because... If you're going to sing a song and no one remembers what the lyrics are and you know how Filipinos like singing along, then it's not yep. really going to, it's not going to, it's usually not going to fly. So that's my first line of defense. Second, how is it doing online? YouTube views, uh, Spotify streams, iTunes charts. I, I check all of those to see how a song is doing. And now also TikTok. I don't have a TikTok, but right. you know, I hear about them. So no, uh, I mean I I don't blame you. I'm not on TikTok either. I'm very wary about the data mining that's going on over there. So <laughs> at the same time, I get how it can be a viable metric for uh, the numbers you're looking for because it becomes one. Um, there was an artist recently. I can't remember who, but I think was it the Stunned Stunned? I think was the name of the song. But it's huge on TikTok. But it's nowhere on the charts. And on YouTube, it has like 8 million views. I'm like, wow, why, why is this not charting? But I had to decide against it because uh, the music delivery was very... Like, I couldn't, I couldn't find a chorus in the song. Yeah. Fair, fair. Um, yeah, so, so it, it, the work that you do for The Office... And, and and I say this like in in air quotes because it's really more of an admin job than a perform yeah. a, a performative job, right? Um, how how much time it, uh, does it take up from your day, for example? Like, is it something that you have to do from like nine to five? Is it something that you can set aside just a certain amount of time for? How's that like? Oh, it depends. It differs every day because um, normally on Monday and Tuesday I barely do anything because the new music had just been released, so. The only time I have to do work on a Monday or Tuesday, like in terms of a music director, is to check my email and see if anything came in from any of the record companies or if anyone sent in something interesting or new. So other than that, Wednesday. Wednesday is when I start really doing the research. But it never really takes uh, the full eight hours, like a full nine to five, because you can only get so much music in a day. And once that's done, you're good. But it also depends on what the schedule for the rest of the week is on air because there are times, especially now that uh, most of the shows are being done from home, that we have to air, like, for example, an interview. I am the one who has to put that into the playlist and make sure that the interview goes on air and goes on air at the right time and is followed up by, let's say, the song of the artist and the rest of the hour looks like it fits in with you know the programming the programming clock because what i'm pretty sure that over in wave as well you guys have well you guys use ots right or is it jazzler uh, no no we're on this program called jazzler okay there we go there's an is there a is there an option there where you can uh auto like auto load songs uh 
you know what? I'm not sure. I haven't really tried it, but like you can stack the deck and come up with your own cue. So we're really pulling the curtain back here for the listeners. <laughs> yeah, super technical. Nang nang usapan nato. Yeah, so they know. Yeah, you, you can just stack songs one on top of the other. You know, yeah, you, you can put your Migos there, then your Kendrick Lamar, and then the yeah. weekend. Just put them all one on top of the other. So like, okay, so that one you can stack them, but can you press like a button and will the can the program like make a playlist for you, or have you tried? I'm not sure. I'm not sure because okay. I haven't so, tried it. All right, so that's the thing. That's actually I'm another not. part of my job, also. Like, because on the weekdays, uh, if you if you can have our program called Win Media do that for you. So, like, when no one's there at the office, especially now, like it's it's only the technical team who's all, who's there. All they have to do is click a button, and then it'll load the entire hour for you. It'll pick a nice mix of songs. It'll make sure the songs don't repeat either within the same hour, and you can just have that play it by itself with the commercials and everything on air. But the problem is when you have a show like Friday Madness, you'll have nearly 20 years of music of differing genres. So our recent problem was the music, because uh, I still have to, this is another thing I have to fix actually as a music director. I still have to fix like the, the genres in, in some of the songs. It would like sometimes the program would put Lady Gaga back to back with Lip Biscuit. Yikes. Right? So what I do also as music director is I set the playlists on Fridays, at least for now, since no one's there, and make sure that the playlists sound like, you know, someone actually put some thought into creating the flow of the music. You know, we can't just go chop suey with uh, with the genres here and play, I don't know, Timmy Thomas back-to-back with uh, Incubus or something. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. Um, as we wind down here, I want to ask about something we talked about before we hit record, and that's mm-hmm. our sense of hearing. Because for you, yes. like, especially you as music director, that shit is really, really important. But at the same time, mm-hmm. given our job in radio, given your job as a club DJ and as a wedding DJ, I'm sure your ears have taken a beating. So, oh um, yeah, at 29 years old, how are your ears? How how are your ears, and how do you uh, try to keep them healthy so that? Uh, they don't take too much of a beating from all of the literal noise and stress. Well, okay, my left ear is a bit worse for wear than my right because my left ear is my is my cueing ear for when I DJ. So this one is always on uh, in in the headphone. My right ear is what I use for the monitor because that's our like our system. Also, the magic before was that our monitor was on the right side, our cueing monitor was on the right side, so it's carried over, but. Uh, I just try to make sure that my monitor is not too loud because my right ear is way more sensitive. There are times I remember when I I was already pretty drunk in Cove, Manila, and we have some of the best monitor speakers in probably in the Philippines. But if you go too loud on them, the next day you'll you'll wake up with cotton ear, and for yeah, a good hear that two, in your ear, right? Or actually, in my case, the lack thereof, which is really worried, which is what really worried me because it sounded like it sounded like everything was underwater. So yeah. Now, I really make sure to keep the volume on my left ear at a very stable volume, not go too loud. And my right ear, especially the monitor, if it's directly facing my ear, not for it to be over the limit as well. I have to keep that thing, I have to keep that shit in check. Otherwise, I'm going to lose my hearing. So, but right now, from wearing like normal earphones where both sides are working, my, let's say I watch a show on my laptop. My left ear will take it nicely. My right ear, I can feel a bit of pain after a while. 
So there's already a hearing imbalance, which is, well, worse for where I get on my left side. But that's why I try to keep my my volume at a reasonable reasonable amount now, especially since also I'm at home. I can't go loud anyway. So it's it's a bit therapeutic for for both my ears. Plus, I I really need that again for listening to new songs, especially for the production value. Because if I one thing actually to get me with a track is if I can feel it, not with my like not with my ears, but with the skin surrounding my ears. You know, like. You can feel the bass on your skull and everything. It's something. It's a different experience altogether. I love the description. Sobrang guttural niya. <laughs> it's how I really go with music. Like if I if I hear a song and it sounds thinny and it sounds like it's underproduced, then obviously it's gonna be a pass. Because if I'm not liking it, who? I mean, who is who's gonna like it, right? But if a song sounds full, like it has a boo sound in it, you hear the highs, the low, the mids, and you feel the lows. They feel the bass. That's when I know a song is well produced. And that helps a lot when it comes to choosing songs for a playlist because it's it's a full body track. You don't just get to hear it. Yeah, it's a you very holistic experience. Exactly. Okay, uh, last couple of questions. Um, I, I wanna I wanna touch on uh, this this trippy thing that I saw. When you and I were hanging out at the Shakey's radio booth, because I, I think we were both having our dinner, <laughs> yeah. you suddenly popped out your injection and you injected. Oh me, yeah, that's how I found out that that you live with diabetes. So mm-hmm. so um, how do you manage the diabetes as a club DJ when you know you're exposed to all that alcohol, all the cigarette smoke, and you know God knows what else? I've always been curious. It's really a lot of balance, believe me. My doc, my endocrinologist actually has been trying to pull me out of this job, but I'm in too deep to get pulled pulled out of it. But it's it's really balancing um, everything because I found out actually that alcohol tends to lower your blood sugar, but not beer because beer is all like carbohydrates. I I I liken it to drinking bread, but uh, it's a lot of balance, a lot of discipline, especially the discipline because. You know, when you're, you've had alcohol, you get the munchies. I try to avoid that. I try so hard to avoid that. And especially when it comes to um, the late nights out, especially. The cigarette smoke does nothing for the diabetes, but it's bad for your lungs. So that's why I'm kind of glad that most places don't for sure. allow smoking anymore inside like inside venues. But uh, with with all regards, it's... It's been it's been a bit of a tough act because in yeah abnormal sleeping patterns, meaning there's no breakfast involved. I wake up at lunch, so essentially I only have two square meals a day. But to uh, just so I can control my diabetes, I can keep everything under wraps. I always monitor my my blood sugar. I always try to check like if my if my blood sugar reading is off the charts or if it's within limit and. If I need to inject, I just excuse myself and take a quick shot of insulin. Actually, before we started recording, I actually popped the topped the shot because I drank something that I shouldn't have drank. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm 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 surprised at how casually you can talk about it and how you know how it never really got in the way of your career, especially given you know all the elements that um, are are in the clubs or are at mm. the venues of your events. So you know, I'm I'm just happy that you're able to manage it well. Um, as a last question, I want to ask about your family and how uh, they've taken towards this non-traditional career that you put yourself into. Because you know, 
every Asian Filipino family, uh, oh, nobody, yeah. nobody raises their kid to say, you're going to be a successful club DJ. Or you're going to be a, a, uh, a successful radio DJ and become a music director. Right? So how do they take the, to, to your career path? At first, um, well, my mom came from media as well. She used to be a newscaster. So she kind of understood like how it was. Uh, my dad was the one who was really ambivalent towards it because I remember at the at the very onset of it, uh, when I said that I think I could make a career out of uh, being a club DJ, he did say, oh, maybe you can do that after work, at night, you know, on the side. I, I'd calculated the hours and that means I there's zero time to sleep. But um, yeah. he, he was the one also telling me, uh, you know, they, 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 they told me to take business in well, business in college, I ended up in legal management. Uh, they also told me, okay, start passing your resume around to these offices so you can get a job and whatnot. Because there was a lot of uncertainty. There was a lot of uncertainty in the choice of, uh, in, the, in my career choice. And even being a DJ for Magic, they, they weren't sure about, what would happen there because you know how media it's it's easy to take a cog out of the wheel and just replace it with another one so they were worried about the long term the long term aspect of this job but you know i stayed on i eventually got a promotion and now my dad like for both for both jobs my dad's super proud because even his friends from like la when they do my 80 sets they see it on facebook and they message him and go is Miguel Santelian your son? And then he's like, yes, why? Oh, I'm listening to his live stream on Facebook. He's so good and so muy guapo. And my dad's like, oh yeah, I can hear him in the other room. And he he's so proud of it now. And then <laughs> my mom and dad also, they're they're very happy with the, with the fact that I got a promotion. They're just asking about the pay rise. But, you know, given current our current circumstances, everyone's taking a pay cut. So I'm just not getting a pay rise first. But uh, that's... Uh, womp womp. I know, right? Wink, wonk. <laughs> but the the thing is, yeah, they're they're also surprised about how much I love doing my job because it's they were amazed by the fact that I was insisting that I have to go to the office to do this and that because if I like if you didn't love your job, you didn't love what you did for a living, would you really say I need to go to the office in the middle of a pandemic? I don't think so. Especially when you're immunocompromised. Exactly. I mean, well, diabetes for 21 years, but so they they know it's a thing, but they they see that I like what I'm doing. I can still make a living out of it, and I I can't say anything against it because it's really what I feel like I was placed on this world to do. So now they're they're very proud. My whole family is very proud. They they're very happy with. Um, what I've been doing, even when it's just that my mom now misses me whenever I have to do a wedding like out of town, but still. <laughs> hey, that's where all and, the big money is. That's true. I, I I think I had ten weddings in January, so I I saved up a lot. <laughs> you know, I, I I love how uh, we ended on this note. Now, you know, there um you 
made believers out of your family and mm-hmm. uh, you know they, they started supporting you na talaga and just seeing that oh yeah you know he, he can make a successful career out of this and um, that's something I kind of want people to realize na uh, when, when you struggle in this type of career sometimes it's also hard to get the support of, of the people who are closest to you but when it pays off it really pays off in spades so I'm just happy that you know you're at this point that uh, from our generation you were uh, the first, if not one of the first, to get to that office level, to get that uh, that promotion as a station manager or as a music director, rather. So I'm really happy for you, my friend, and um, I'm, I'm just happy you. that one of us is finally there, and you, you you broke through that barrier for the rest of us to hopefully uh, break through in some way, shape, or form in the future. So. For our listeners who, are, uh, who want to check out your work, your streams on Kumu, and uh, your live DJ sets while we're all still stuck at home, where can they find you? So you guys can find me on uh, Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash DJ And I'm also on Instagram, Twitter, and on Kumu at Migs underscore Santi. So if you're wondering why there's a difference, apparently Facebook doesn't allow underscores. So, yuck. <laughs> All right, so that's where you can find uh, Mig Santillan. Brother, thank you so much for you know uh, spending this time with me, just hanging out. I, I got to learn so much more about you, and I'm looking forward to a time when we can all just hang out and grab oh, a couple yeah. of beers or three or four and just uh, shoot the breeze about this thing that we love called radio. And shoot some insulin to myself after five beers. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, brother. Thanks so much, bro, for having me. Really glad to be here. Thanks again to Mig Santillan for that very fun conversation. And I say this about all my guests, but really, they're all inspirations to me in the radio industry. And Santi himself is one of those people because, like I said, he was one of the first from our batch of of radio DJs who came up from the student program and then eventually getting absorbed and finding a way to get himself promoted. And, you know, there was a time in my life when that was my number one goal. You know, things do change and... For me, if that were to happen, I'd love it. I'd probably welcome it. Uh, but, you know, to see one of our guys, one of the people from our generation, to uh, make it to the point that Santi's in, that's a source of pride for me, especially because he is one of my friends. So I'm really happy for where he is right now in the industry. And I hope that, you know, um, that barrier can be broken down as well for more people like us from our generation to break through. Switching gears now, if you're loving the type of content you're hearing on this podcast or on the other ones on Podcast Network Asia, check out everything we're doing on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Podcast Network Asia. Just look for us on the search bar. We're easy to find. And you can find so many shows, both old and new. You know, you've got the OG shows like The Cool Pals, The Kudazers, The Eavesdrop, The Halo Halo Show, my own show with Ro Moran, Raf Gamas, and Chino Liao, The Wrestling Wrestling Podcast. And you've got a lot of new shows as well. You've got The Underpaid Podcast. You've got The RJ Ledesma Podcast. I know that Quark Hanaris is now also part of the Podcast Network Asia family. So really excited to keep bringing you so much more content to keep you within your wits ends while we're all stuck at home in this version of community quarantine, whatever the hell we find ourselves in now. As for me, though, if there's anybody you want me to feature, anybody you want me to talk to about their stories in the radio industry and beyond that, you can always hit me up on Facebook, facebook.com slash online, or hit me up on Twitter and Instagram, slide into those DMs at underscore Stancy and... Who knows? You might actually have a personal connection to that radio DJ and you can hook me up or I might just know them and we might just have another fun, enlightening and open conversation about their story behind the mic. 
Until then, though, I'm going to end this episode right here and put it in the books. Thank you so much for listening. Huge thanks to Babyface producer Nikai Lokanias for putting this episode together and to the rest of the Podcast Network Asia family for keeping that engine going. Until next time, my name is Stan C. saying thank you for listening and I hope I've earned the privilege of your time. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at uh1.com.